Thank you for joining us today for this life-changing message from River of Life. If you are ever in our area, we would love for you to join us. For more information, visit us at rolcrawfordville.com. That's rolcrawfordville.com. Or download our app in the App Store under ROL Crawfordville. Now, let's join Senior Pastor Henry Jones as he teaches from the Word of God. Down, but the Bible says, clap your hands unto the Lord, all ye people. You know, that's a form of saying amen, don't you? But it doesn't just say, clap your hands unto the Lord, all you people. It says, shout unto the Lord with the voice of triumph. Come on. I, well, I can tell some of you don't have any triumph in your life. And so, so I tell you, what a great day it is Amen. to be in church and to be serving our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Years ago, in fact, it's been over 40 years ago, I met a man up in Georgia. And I was so impressed with him that I invited him to speak in my church. I was pastoring Morningside Baptist Church uh, in uh, Bainbridge, Georgia. And this man had quite a story to tell, and I never forgot that day or that sermon. You see, he had, he and a couple of other guys had gone into business together, and they built this business, and it started growing. And they were fairly young men. It started growing and it kept growing. And then a big conglomerate came in and bought their business. They paid them a little over $200 million for their business. Now, that was not all profit, but it was quite a windfall for all of them. And, uh, man, they're about to get on easy street. And the guy that was speaking in my church that was so impressive... Man, he had it all going for him. He was a Christian, but he was more than just a Christian. He loved Jesus. Amen. Now, he wasn't an ordained preacher. He was a lay preacher. And that he would preach anywhere people would in, invite him. And now he's got enough money to live the rest of his life. Never has to work another day in his life. Telling his story now. To his amazement, guess what he found out? Christian, loves Jesus, lay preacher, money. He said to his amazement, he found out that he still had trials. Friends, money won't make you happy. He still had trials. He still had difficulties. He still had problems. Problems that money would not and could not solve. And then basically what he said was that those trials and those tribulations and those hard times that he went through, that was the very thing that brought Jesus out in him like never before. Made his life shine for the glory of God. And then he shared with our church that in those trials and in those tribulations, that under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he sat down and he wrote a poem. And the moment I heard that poem, 
it touched me. And I knew I'd do whatever I had to do to remember that poem. And I've needed it many, many times in my life. Maybe somebody here today needs this. Hold on to it if you can. But this is what he penned. And he said it was under the leadership of the Holy Spirit, and I believe it. He said, the truths of life, many and varied may be, but none are so rare as one from the sea. How the oyster at work upon the strand is pierced in his body by a grain of sand. As nature rallies and works her wonder, it leaves us much to ponder. For the hurt that's caused by the nettlesome grain is soon covered over with a chemical stain. As layer upon layer of bright juices unfurl, the sore gives way and becomes a pearl. Now here's a question to ask as you struggle with life, as you feel its pain and experience its strife. Could it be that even as your problems do swirl, the God who loves you is forming a pearl? I'm standing before you today to tell you That sometimes the problems we go through, the difficulties, the hardships, the pain, the agony, is something that God can and will use to make something beautiful out of our lives. And and I can't think of any other reason for the Bible to say in everything, give thanks. And for the Bible to, to say that all things work together for good to those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. So uh, let me give you a scripture that you should hold on to. Pull it up on the screen. Isaiah 43, 1 through 3. But now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you says, do not be afraid for I have ransomed you. I've called you by name. You are mine when you go through deep waters. Let me just stop there, friends. Deep waters to this day means you're in trouble. If you ever hear somebody say, I'm in deep water, that means they're in trouble. Even the psalmist prayed on one occasion, Lord, deliver me from the deep water. And and so he said, when you go through the deep waters, I'll be with you. Next. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. Why? For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Let me tell you, you don't need to miss anything in that text. He said, I created you, I formed you, I ransomed you, I called you, you are mine, I am your Savior. But what he didn't say is that now that you belong to me, I'm going to deliver you from all the troubles. No, he said, when you go through the waters of trials and tribulation, when you go through the rivers of difficulty, when you go through the fires of, uh, of oppression, when you go through those things, I will be with you. Now, I know something about your future. And it's not because I'm a fortune teller. It's not even because I'm a prophet. It's just simply because I'm a student of the Word of God. And I know what it says. I know what it says. Jesus said, in this world you shall have 
Say it louder. You shall have tribulation. tribulation. You're going to have tribulation. Jesus was talking to those who had put their faith and confidence in him. Those who would choose to walk with him. He said, you're going to have tribulation. Tribulation is in your future. It's in my future. Uh, uh, Simon Peter said this. Simon Peter said, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. Tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, when you find yourself in a fiery trial, don't think that's something strange. That's not strange at all. Do you know why it's not strange? It's not strange. Because you are a redeemed person living in an unredeemed world. The moment you trusted Christ as your Lord and Savior, you started going cross-grain with the world. You started going in the opposite direction of the world, and that creates a lot of problem. But it's not just that. The world's a fallen place where evil reigns. And, and, and so, so you are a redeemed person in an unredeemed world, and it goes much deeper than that. Listen to this. You are a redeemed soul living in an unredeemed body. I don't like that, do you? Did you know that when you got saved, your body didn't get saved? Romans 8th chapter said, If Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. You know Jesus is your personal Savior. The spirit in you is life, but your body is dead. Death reigns in your body. You are, in a sense, you have life in you, but death on the outside. Friends, that's the reason Christians have cancer, just like everybody else. That's the reason strokes and heart attacks and arthritis and, and all kinds of things. We're no different from the world. Why? Because our bodies are dead. Our rain, death reigns in our bodies. Now, it doesn't stay there. Let me go back and pick it up. If Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is righteousness because of, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. You see, I got life within me. You have life within you if you know Christ, but the body is still dead. But one day, the body, one day the body, oh my goodness. Uh, the, Bible's, the Bible's real graphic about this thing, about troubles, trials, and tribulations. Uh, in the book of Job, it says man is born unto trouble as the sparks fly upward. Try it. Find a dark night, build a bonfire, let it get real good and hot, and then take a stick or a pole and, and stoke it and stir it up and watch the embers fly up. But don't just do that. Try to count the embers. It's impossible, isn't it? And I want to tell you, you can't even count the troubles you've been through, going through, and will go through in your life. I'm not trying to depress you. I'm just trying to tell you that that's the truth. That's what God's Word says. Don't let trouble shake you. Don't let it get you off track. Don't let it get you down. Now, I do know that you can sin and make a mistake and it will cause tribulation, but I know you can walk as close to Jesus as you possibly can and adversities will still come. Yeah. Trials will still be there. So the question is not will you go through trials and tribulation. 
The question is when you're going through them. Will you be walking with Jesus? Will you be walking with the one who created you, who formed you, who redeemed you, who called you his own, and who says he's your savior? See, that's what it says in the Bible. Will you be with him? That's the issue. Not will you go through tribulation, but when you go through it, will you go through it with Jesus and come out on the other side with victory and with a testimony? You You understand that? If you, how many of you like to have a great testimony? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you know what's required to have a testimony? You got to go through a test. You got to go through something hard, a difficulty, something frightening, something scary, something that shakes you to your core. That's the way you get a testimony. A dear sister in this church taught me this years ago, and I've never forgotten him. When you go through a test and you pass the test, you have a testimony. When you fail the test, all you have is the monies. I know a lot of Christians that all they have is the monies. Oh, the world is so bad and everything's going wrong and what will we do? Just keep moaning, but you're not going to bless anybody and it's not going to help you. You, yeah, come on. My granddaughter, Liliana Lewis, was in the first grade. My wife was her teacher. Her grandmother was her teacher. And Beth wanted to teach the class something about the Old Testament prophets and tell some of their stories. But she first needed to make sure they all knew what a prophet was. You know, sometimes first graders might not know what a prophet is. And so she said, does anybody know what a prophet is? My little granddaughter raised her hand. I do, I do, I do. I know what a prophet is. I know what a prophet is. Tell the class what a prophet is. She said, a prophet is when you make more money than you spend. But, you know, somehow I tried to wrap my brain around that and figure out how that would make sense to us today. And here's what I want to tell you, friends. As Christians, we need spiritual prophet, P-R-O-F-I-T. We need spiritual prophet. Do you know what spiritual prophet looks like? This is what it looks like. A spiritual prophet is when you have something left over after the battle is over. That's spiritual prophet. When you have something left over when the battle is over. How about this? When you have more of Jesus in you than the world can take out of you. That's spiritual prophet. Oh, and I love this one. Spiritual prophet is when you have such a personal relationship with Jesus that your relationship with Jesus is greater than all the trials, tribulations, and adversities this world can send your way. That's a spiritual prophet. Yeah. One more. A spiritual prophet is when the light, the love, the glory, the presence of Jesus shines out of your life in the darkest moments of your life. That's a spiritual prophet. 
Brother Bill, would you take it from here? Everything the pastor has said is 100% true. Validated by an old man's life. Darkness comes to every child of God. In fact, there's a verse of scripture over in the book of Job. Pastor used it last Sunday. They're going to put it up here on the board. I want you to understand what Job is going through. The word of God says in Job chapter 23, beginning in verse number 8. And this may identify, or may, some of you may identify with it. He says, behold, I go forward. He's not there. And backward, I cannot precede him. On the left hand, where he doth work, I can't see him. I can't behold him. And he hideth himself on the right hand that I cannot see him. Look at this, though. But, I love it when God butts in, don't you? He says, but he, God, knoweth the way that I take. And when I am, what's the word? Tried. I shall come forth as gold. In my Christian life, I know y'all think I'm a spiritual giant, but I'm not. There have been days when I could not find God. I prayed. I fasted. I sought after him with every ounce of my being. And the heavens over me were brass. In fact, the word of God teaches that sometimes God is quiet so that you and I will pray more. Did you know that? Sometimes God wants you to draw nigh unto him so that he can draw nigh unto you. That's right. It's kind of funny sometimes how God speaks to me. I mean, he speaks to me through this word all the time. But last Sunday morning, I, I had gotten up a little bit early, about 4.30, and I'd gotten my stuff together, and I got my, all my, everything laid out, and I was dressed, and I'd read my Bible, I'd prayed, and Linda wasn't quite ready. Imagine that. <laughs> Anybody wants to take me home for lunch, it'll be all right. <laughs> I, <laughs> y'all in the back didn't hear that, but Linda said you can have him for a week. <laughs> so I had some extra time, and I turned the TV on, and... Uh, I know this is going to sound foolish to some of y'all, but I just flipped the TV on, and the British Open Golf Tournament was on, and I like golf. And so I watched it for just a few minutes, and in those few minutes, God spoke to me great volumes. And I shared this with Pastor, and he said, you've got to share that with our people. When the TV came on, a well-known golfer was standing in the middle of the fairway, but he had a problem. The problem was that it's raining, and it's so foggy, he cannot see the green. Now, here's a man that's about to hit a golf ball for thousands of dollars, and he cannot see what he's aiming at. And you can, it was on TV, he turned and looked at at his, at his caddy, kind of like this. And, and you could see from the television. He couldn't see. No, no one. But the caddy walked over to him. And the caddy had two things. First and foremost, he had an umbrella. 
and he handed it to the golfer. And then he pulled out his book. And he looked in that book, and that book told him everything there was to know about that golf course. It told him about the pitfalls, the sand traps, the water hazards. It told him how far it was from where they were standing to the green, even though they couldn't see it. The golfer reached, and you see this, he reached to grab a club, and as he's pulling it out, you can almost see this caddy shaking his head no. And so he let it go, and he pulled out another club, and you can see the caddy smile and do this. It's seriously. The golfer gets up over the ball. He is relying upon his caddy, what was written in that book. His experience, because this is not the first time he's been there, he's played that course at least three other times this week, and his practice. You see, he has hit that club thousands upon thousands of times, and he knows exactly what that club's going to do. Very methodically, he pulls the club back, the club comes forward, hits the ball, and even though he could not see it and the caddy could not see it, the camera crew followed the ball as best it could, and when the ball finished, it was laying about four feet from the pin. Is there a spiritual application in that preacher? I'm so glad you asked. You understand that in my darkest day, as a born-again child of God, I am never alone. He has promised that he would never forsake me. He would never leave me. And the Holy Spirit of God, Jesus said in John 16, he said, It is expedient that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. And he comes alongside of us, John 16 says, to guide us. And when I don't know what to do, he takes this precious book that's got everything I need to know to be successful in this life, and he guides me. This is what you need to do here, Bill. This is how you need to face this trial. This is how you can overcome this, Bill. Trust me. But, Lord, I can't see where we're going. I don't know what the goal is. I don't understand why you're doing this. But I've been here before. In fact, I've practiced this shot thousands of times. And in that moment of great need, that Holy Spirit of God, trust me. In fact, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 1, the Word of God says this. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Listen. It is the evidence of things not seen. You said, Brother Bell, I don't know how we're going to make it. I don't know how we're going to get through this. We, we got more trouble than what we can shake a stick at. I just don't know. Why has God forsaken me? Do you know that three times in this book, God says the just shall live by faith? Yeah. That means you can't see it. You don't know where it's going. You don't know how it's going to turn out, but God does. 
I'm talking to two groups of people here today. Every one of you are divided into two groups of people. Number one, I'm talking to people that are saved. And because you are a born-again child of God, you've got the promise from a holy God, Hebrews 13, 5, that he'll never forsake you, he'll never leave you. He's going to walk with you regardless of how dark the valley gets. He's going to walk with you regardless of how high the mountain gets. He's going to be with you. He's going to guide you when you will allow him. When you will listen to him, he will instruct you and he will strengthen you and he will guide you through. You say, preacher, I don't know how he's going to do it. You don't have to know. You just need to trust him. But I'm talking to another group of people that are here this morning. And dear friend, you've never been saved. And you do not need this preacher to tell you that. The Holy Spirit of God has already spoke to your heart. And you know that if you were to die this very moment, you'd bust hell wide open. But you're going to go through some trials too. In fact, the Word of God promises that it rains on the just and the unjust. But you don't have anybody to go through the trial with you. You don't have anyone walking alongside of you, instructing you. You don't have anyone that you can rely on. So you turn to your friends. What do y'all think I ought to do? You turn to business associates who are after themselves and not you and say, what do you think we ought to do? And your life is wrought with failure. And you're traveling alone. But you don't have to. In fact, what you find in this Bible is that there is a God in heaven who created all things. And he has said, if you will allow me, I'll come into your life and I'll make sense out of all the chaos. I love you. And I'm willing to give my son to die for you. To cleanse you from all your sins. All your yesterdays are gone away when you come into me. And I'll be with you. I wonder which crowd you're in this morning. Are you in that crowd that's got the guide? Maybe you call him Caddy. I don't know. But he's there with the book. And he's showing you everything you need to do to face the trial you're against. That's a good crowd. Or it may be today. That you come to church this morning and your heart is so heavy you cannot hardly stand it. You don't know which way to turn. You don't know what you're going to do. Because you have no guide. And this morning, your loving Heavenly Father says this. If you will, I will. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I'm going to ask you, if you would, to bow your head with me at this time. Father God, in Jesus' name, do what only you can do. Let the Holy Spirit of God sweep through this place. Speak to hearts, God, like never before. This morning, God, this morning. Thank you again for listening to this message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today, or if you need someone to pray with, 
please contact us at 850-926-1200 or email us at info at rolcrawfordville.com. We also want to encourage you to visit us this Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. Please visit us online at rolcrawfordville.com for more information and directions.